Hi there, welcome back to the podcast. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be going into the letter to the Romans, specifically into chapters 6 to 8. Now, Romans is a defence of Paul's mission to the nations, his defence for going worldwide. The gospel has come for all and for free, and now it needs to go into the world. So in Romans 6 to 8, Paul is showing how the gospel is the solution to everything that we should have been. So let's dive into this amazing letter now and see what it has to say. We've just been looking at the question, shall we go on sinning? And it's, it's an attractive question. The gospel, the free for all message of grace in the Lord Jesus has come. So wouldn't it make sense to keep sinning so that God's grace may be shown to be even more amazing? Look at how, God great, how great God is. He forgives even that person. But Paul wouldn't allow us to do that. Verse 2 of chapter 6, he said, By no means, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Paul won't allow that to be the case because our status has changed. Our realm (laughs) has changed. (coughs) But the objection might still come. Won't preaching a gospel that is for free, for all, just lead to sin? And Paul has just concluded the argument that we were just looking at by saying... Sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. You are not under the law, but under grace. Sorry, Paul, I I don't get what you mean. Surely being under the law would be better than grace. Surely if we were just to throw out the rule book, it would lead to more sin, not less. Now, as people of the UK, we understand laws, don't we? I think that's the same for our friends from Slovakia. Don't drive on the wrong side of the road. I mean, that's common sense, isn't it? It's going to keep you safe. If you were to remove that law, well, chaos is going to ensue. I mean, have you ever seen London in rush hour? (laughs) Laws keep society in line. When, When I was a young boy at my school, we had a law that said, do not climb the metal fence. And the teachers would point over there. I can still see it in my mind. Came with the obligatory finger point. That fence. Do not climb that fence. Now, I don't know who tried to do this. The fence was about three metres high. It was made of that springy metal wire stuff. You know know what I mean? But someone somewhere obviously thought it was important enough to make sure that every child at my primary school knew that rule. Don't climb that fence. I still have it etched into my memory today. But Paul's just told the hearers of Romans they are not under the law, but they're under grace. You're not bound by the law anymore. So is chaos going to ensue? You're under grace, that wide-reaching grace. Well, doesn't that just mean people are going to sin more? How would you answer that question? Well, I can tell you how Paul would answer it. Have a look at verse 15. What then, are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. In fact, Paul's going to show us that if you think that's the case, well, you don't really understand grace and you don't really understand the law. See, on the contrary, grace is how sin has been dealt with. Our question once more, will being under grace and not the law lead to more sin? And Paul's answer is grace is not like that. And the law wasn't like that either. Grace, not law, is how sin is dealt with. That's our point for today. Grace, not law, is how sin is dealt with. And when we see that, that's going to make us marvel more at the amazing grace that we've been given in the Lord Jesus So let's take a look at both of those points in turn. 
First one, grace isn't like that. This is verses 15 to 23. To show us this, Paul's given us the example of slavery. We saw a bit of this in the previous section. And being a slave, well, it's not an on-off thing. It's instead being a slave here in Romans is being a slave either to one thing or to something else. As Bob Dylan might say, you've got to serve somebody. That slavery, it's an all-encompassing allegiance. It's a service to one person or thing. And Paul shows us that in verse 16. Either you are a slave to sin or you're a slave to obedience. All people at some stage, according to Romans, were slaves to sin. It was the thing that we served. It was the thing that we did everything for. But verse 17, because of the grace of God, Christians have become slaves to God, slaves to obedience. Paul said that already in this letter, actually, back in the very first verse. The very opening of this letter said, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. You see, Paul's allegiance has been changed by the gospel. And by God's grace, our allegiance has changed too. Instead of being enslaved to ever-increasing wickedness, we are now slaves to righteousness. And that righteousness, well, it leads to holiness, that verdict leads to holiness. Being set free from sin, we can become slaves to righteousness. I think everyone in this world knows what a slave to wickedness looks like. We might not like the idea, but we, we, we might even find it uncomfortable to think about. But I think we know what it all is. Just try and live a good life for one single day. Just ask your neighbour to try and live a good life for one single day. Try to avoid sinning for one day. We all know what it is like to be a slave to sin. But through the gospel, through the teaching of grace, Paul can say that we've been set free from that slavery. Have a look at verses 17 and 18. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. You see, for the Christian, it is now possible to not sin. I'm not saying that we won't sin, but it's possible now to live for God. We're not bound by sin. We're not serving it as our master. The gospel has set us free from the master of sin and instead has brought us into slavery of righteousness, slavery to God. And because of that, Paul can command his readers, and that includes us, to present our members as slaves to righteousness. You see that in verse 19. On this side of redemption, we're not what we ought to be. We all know that. So there is a war going on. And because of what God has done for us, we need to live in line with our allegiance. We used to live for impurity and lawlessness. And that lawlessness, well, it just kept on going. It led to even more lawlessness. But now we are to live for righteousness. And that righteousness, it leads to more righteousness, leading us all the way back to what we were meant to be, holy, sanctified, right before God, like the Lord Jesus. And as well as changing our master, well, the results have changed too. Our harvest has changed. You see, instead of reaping death from our actions, instead we reap life. Have a look at what Paul says in verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, 
but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, what you deserve, what you earn for sin is death. No matter who you are, whether you're you, whether you're me, what we deserve for our sin is death. It's a pretty raw deal, isn't it? But in comparison, the gift, the undeserved, the unearned gift of God is eternal life. Notice that is a gift. That's not a wage. We do nothing to earn that gift. It's completely free, completely undeserved. And it's God's grace that gives us that eternal life in Christ. That is amazing news, isn't it? So shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Grace isn't like that. It's not the case that leaving the law behind and living under grace will lead to unrestrained sin. No, not at all. Grace, not law, is how sin is dealt with. Paul's argument is that you've misunderstood grace. It's not freedom from a master, but freedom from the mastery of sin to the mastery of God. And it is grace that has done that for us. The mastery of sin is over. Grace isn't like that. And the law wasn't like that either. That's our second point. Verses 1 to 6 of chapter 7. The law wasn't like that either. You see, the problem with this objection, the objection that being under grace and not law will lead to sin, is that it doesn't understand the place of grace and it doesn't understand the place of the law. And to understand law, to understand being bound by it, well, Paul turns to a picture. He turns to the picture of marriage. Just like marriage, the law is only binding on someone as long as they live. You could say, till death do us part. If a wife was to sleep with another man whilst her husband was alive, you would be right to call that adultery. We all know that, right? But if the husband was to die and the wife was to remarry, well, that charge, it doesn't stick any longer. Death has broken the connection. And just like that picture, because we have died with Christ, we saw that in the last section, we are dead to the law so that we can be joined to Jesus. We have died, and so our connection to the law has died too. Verse 4. Likewise, my brothers, you ha- also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. Okay, so we, we've died with Christ. Well, what's the point of that? Well, it's there at the end of verse 4. In order that we may bear fruit for God. So those who are joined with Jesus, they're not under the law. That seems plain and simple from this passage. But how does that answer the objection? How does that help us think about that question that, we were, that was raised at the start? Well, Paul ties it up for us in verse 5. You see, before being joined with Jesus, that's when we were in the realm of the flesh, our fruit bearing, well, it was pretty dire. In fact, it was death. As Paul has just said, the wages of our sin was death. When the law met our old man, our old self, it just produced fruit for death. It just produced death fruit. Take my example from the start. There's a reason why, till this day, hordes and hordes of children from Holy Trinity Primary School in Ramsgate are still trying to climb that fence. You tell me not to do something, well, I'm going to want to do it. You see, our old selves, we just love sin. Our passions, they're just aroused by it. We want more and more of it. And when the commandment, when the law is put before us, well, we just want to break it. And so that leads to death fruit. All we get is death for our actions. 
But now, since we have died to the law, since we've been joined to Jesus in verse 6, we can bear a different type of fruit. Fruit for God. You see, we're, we're freed from that which held us captive. And therefore, we can now serve in a new way, in a life-giving way, not a death-riddled way. So, shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Well, I hope you've seen. By no means. The law didn't achieve the goal of bearing good fruit. It only gave death fruit. You see, grace, not law, is how sin is dealt with. So will being under grace and not law lead to sin? Well, absolutely not. In fact, far from it. It's actually the way that sin has finally been dealt with. As we live under grace, we have changed sides. We've changed realms. Our allegiance has swapped. We now serve God rather than serving sin. And as we are freed from the law, we are joined to Jesus. As we are released from that which bound us, we can be united to Christ. And unlike the marriages of this world, in the relationship with Jesus, there is no till death do us part. See, the gospel is the answer to sin, not the law. It is the gospel that can bring about the release from sin's captivity and bring about good fruit. And so that gospel is the gospel that needs to go out into our world. Romans has been showing us that the whole of this world is enslaved to sin. That means the whole of this world has a sin problem. We read it daily in the news, don't we? We hear it in the personal pain and tragedy of this life. The world is crying out for a solution to the sin problem that is ravaging this world. We can try and come up with solutions to the issue. We can rack our brains, we can spend our money, but there's no other solution to sin than the gospel. No law is going to be able to do it. There's no solution to it other than to change a person's allegiance from sin to God. And the gospel is the only thing that can do that. So brothers, isn't grace amazing? Isn't grace amazing? You see, if we really grasp what this passage is saying, if we really grasp Romans 6 and 7, we're going to want to share this gospel with other people, aren't we? We want to be like those beggars telling other beggars where to find food. We're like sinners. We are sinners telling sinners where to find grace. This gospel, Paul has been explaining, really is the solution this world needs. Paul knows it, and he wants to get the Roman church on board with his mission to Spain. And it's still the answer today to this world. Grace, not law, is how our sin is dealt with. Let me return to our question at the start. Will being under grace and not law lead to more sin? By no means. If you think that, you've understood, misunderstood grace, you misunderstood the law. You see, grace wasn't, isn't like that, and the law wasn't like that either. Instead, grace is how the sin problem has been dealt with once and for all. I hope you found that helpful and edifying. If you have any feedback or questions, feel free to reach out to me via email. The details are in the show notes. But until next time, let's keep praising God this week.